welcome to Houndsy, the Steel Army podcast. I'm Dan Yost, and with me tonight to discuss uh, the Hounds making some roster announcements, a couple parties in the recent past, and some other uh, hodgepodge of off-season Hounds news. I got a couple cool dudes. First off, I got a Vesti. Uh, my man, last time I talked to you, you're... you're Family and your household is all Christmassy decked out. Um, are you reaching the critical mass point of this holiday season? Sure am. The uh, earlier this week, spent a solid two hours wrapping toys, which don't mind wrapping one or two things, but like when the quantity starts getting pretty high, it it sucks. And you know, the, the longer it takes, the the worse my wrapping gets. So if it, maybe someday in the future they'll they'll be wise enough to to realize which gifts dad wrapped first and are probably the good gifts and which gifts are the last ones I just don't care about anymore. Is this a this is a drinking exercise? I'm assuming. Um, I did not, but it would have made. Oh no, we might be losing a vesti. Here. It a lot better if I did. Ah, okay. Uh, a strange aside, your thoughts on, uh, in my opinion, the fantastic Christmas on Christmas wrapping by the waitresses, yay or nay? Okay, we're getting the word from from Vessi's gonna do the quick restart. We'll get him back here in a second. While he's doing that, we'll uh. Bring in the other cool dude. It's a Seth. Seth, we're uh, we're getting some cold weather rolling in here soon. Please tell me you're not recording this on the porch like normal. I absolutely am. Oh, my, my man. I got the old uh, Carhartt Sherpa on. It's. I feel like I'm sitting in Miami Beach right now. Beautiful. Beautiful night. Uh, I, I have to be honest. Like, <clears throat> LaShondra and I have a deal. I put the toys together if if uh, assembly is required, and she does the wrapping uh, because nobody wants to open a Christmas present or any present that's wrapped by me. I am a gift bag extraordinaire. I want to wrap I can, every present wrapped by you, buddy. I can crinkle <laughs> some uh, tissue paper. Mm-hmm. I can I can I can do that. Attach a bow. Um, Attach a bow. Yeah, I can do that. I can even take like the um, the ribbon and with like the scissors and make it curly. I still um, can't make that happen. That's the extent of it, though. Mm. Like my present, ra- my present wrapping is straight. It's wicked garbage. How's uh, the how's the Christmassy things going on in in the world of Izzy? It's pretty good. Uh, our our main gift this year is we're going to uh, spend three days between Christmas and New Year up at Splash Lagoon uh, in Erie. So uh, she does not know yet. Uh, so we're going to play at the water park for three straight days. So that's, that's right next to the Erie Sports Bank Arena, home of the it is of the Mid Atlantic Broomball Championships. That's a great plug for that. It is. Gotta get uh, in when I can. So. Hmm. I'm excited for uh, to be relatively close to a Wegmans, so 
probably 80% of my meals will consumed in those three days will be from Wegmans. Uh, I'm excited for that. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I mean, she's, she's three. So like we're still at the age where this is kind of newish as far as everything goes. She's not, not a big fan of Santa. Uh, she has informed me that when she gets older, she plans on giving Santa a high five. Um, but that's as far as we're going. I like at this it. Point, so that's, yeah, she should be cautious with, uh, with that guy really should be yeah right yeah uh vest you're claiming to be to be back amongst the living are you there i'm gonna take that as a no uh oh maybe uh no i'm saying that's a no hopefully i'm here it's being some tonight oh there you go, man. If, if this if this starts off any more choppy, it's gonna be like the USL show. Oh. Oh well, gentlemen. Uh, before we get into the hound stuff, there was a World Cup final. I don't know if you heard about it. Um, there were some goals scored. There were some penalties awarded. Um, it was memorable. Seth, um, everything you you hoped a, a world final could be, and then some. I mean, I don't claim to be like a soccer historian or anything like that. Is like I'm not somebody that like goes back and watches old matches. But in my time of watching soccer, so the last like 20 years of my life, that was like the greatest match. I mean, it, it literally had a little bit of everything. Uh, I almost pulled off the. I checked. Bet MGM and saw I had a five dollar free bet. Threw it on France at half. Uh, got really excited whenever Mbappe put that second one in because I was like, they can get two in ninety. They can definitely get a third in the next nine minutes plus stoppage time. Well, you would have um, thought the third was inevitable after the the first two in ninety seconds or wherever it was. Well, I mean, in Argentina, just looked absolutely gassed at that point too. So I really didn't see it not ending in i guess i didn't see any other outcome besides france winning it at that point but obviously the soccer gods had something else to say about it uh i'll I'll be honest like this whole world cup i feel like i've i kind of became drawn into the whole messy storyline i don't know if it was just like the way the media portrayed it and the way it was kind of built around this entire world cup but I, in the end, I was I was glad to see him win the World Cup, uh, and I, I think it was an absolute just brilliant match uh, for a team like France to be out of it for eighty plus minutes for eighty minutes, and then all of a sudden take it to extras and pens. It was quite quite good. What I liked about it, I mean, it, again, if anyone who knows me should know at this point if, if a team that I care about is not involved in the game that I am I am there just uh, full-throated cheering for Team Chaos and I got what I wanted out of the game but for for as, as much as we had a bit of everything there wasn't really like the massively controversial moment at least so in my it, opinion like- no, I mean it was probably as close of like as perfectly officiated of a match as you could have. I felt um, I thought it was like really 
really just well kept together. Uh, yeah, there wasn't the there wasn't like the part where like it all went like like just like the whole thing like turned to bullshit for a few minutes. Like that never happened. It was just had no. just wonderful peaks and valleys of drama and and tilting the field back and forth. It was it was marvelous. Uh, Festy, if they he's there, him. he's he's gone. He's gone. Oh, we might be running this two man. We'll see. Well, and while we're waiting for him, we'll just uh, we'll get this 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 thing going. <sighs> right after we recorded last week or two weeks ago, uh, the Hounds got around to announcing some their options. And that was pretty awesome. So let's run through that real quick. They are uh, Jamali Waite, keeper, uh, starting keeper for, for the, the back half of the season. Robbie Mertz, as we then found out, because this was not announced before, was not on an option, but was actually already signed for next year. Uh, Albert Dequa, Mark Ibera, Arturo Ardurnez, Nate Dos Santos, and Luke Biasi round out your your seven guys uh, as of now retained for next year. By comparison, the Hounds retained nine last year, but then lost two, uh, one to a transfer, one to retirement. So as of this moment, they're going in with the same number of players as they retained from from last season, or from uh, 21 going into 22. Uh any surprises for you, Seth, uh, on either guys retained or guys not retained who are on an option? I really didn't expect to see Luke Biasi back. Um, that was like the the shock returnee for me. And I think everybody was shocked that Toby Sims wasn't retained. But there's always the... I guess there is always a possibility that they could be working on a contract outside of his initial deal or you know people keep saying that but i'm not i'm not buying it because you wouldn't begin that guy on, on any better of terms than you would already have on as a as a unproven rookie like you're not going to get him for less than what that option would have been unless the thought is that you get him on another one plus one or i mean if they do something like that we're also there let's try to get him on but even then, you 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 um you pick up the option and then try to negotiate the next contract after you have them, uh, have them secured. Yeah. And never give them the chance to look elsewhere. Yeah, very very true. Um, I don't I don't know. That was definitely a strange one because he obviously had quite a lot of playing time. Definitely seemed to be in Bob's favor. So I was shocked that he wasn't retained. Um, Obviously, we haven't received any other news as far as players that are out of contract. I was glad to finally have some sort of understanding of Robbie's deal. So that was yeah, also, a little annoying that, that it took this long to get there. But yeah, the I I guess like I I really would have been shocked. I mean, again, in a league that we know very little about what transpires and transactions as far as like transfer news goes I, I guess we really don't know 
what the hounds gave up to Atlanta or if it was like was he like flat out released from Atlanta too? I mean it was a transfer, so I'm assuming there was some some value of money was was moved. Not sure how much, couple, but couple Permanis gift cards, something and like some that. Icy light, yep. So, yeah, nice to know finally that he's actually back. But I, I, to me, I was I had the same two guys stuck out to me that stuck out to you. Uh, Biasi was kind of my shock stay, and then the Sims. Uh, I mean, I'm already looking like an idiot because I was calling Sims as the breakout star of 2023, and that that's probably not going to happen now. Um, so yeah, that. That disappointing on my behalf. I'll really be upset if all of a sudden he, he's signed somewhere else uh, in the championship. If you know, maybe he was looking to make a move back uh, across the ocean or something like that. That'd make more sense. But, but yeah, uh, Vesti, we're gonna give you take three here. What um, your thoughts on the retain list? Well, first off, you can hear me all right. Yes, there he is. All right. Very houndsy for my computer to do a system update when you're trying to record a podcast and screw everything up. Um, yeah, I, I thought the returning players is pretty much what we expected. Um, with as Seth was talking about, Biasi is probably the surprise. Uh, I was this time of the year, every I don't know, once a week or so, I Google River Hounds to see what hits on Google or in recent memory, like the recent search, assuming slips out. And I saw it was like right before Thanksgiving, a bunch of guys uploaded their highlight reels to YouTube, which is usually signs that they're looking for clubs. And Biasi was one of them. So uh, to see them actually, he actually get picked up was, um, you know, a surprise in that context, but don't have a problem with any of the guys returning little, uh, with you of surprise that Sims didn't come back. I feel like, I feel like oh, it's not too uncommon that we uh, we get like a fan favorite kind of, you know, bench guy or you know somebody kind of the fringes, and we're like, oh yeah, he'd be great. And then Bob's just like, psych, and then doesn't bring him back. And that's happened a couple times. And then, as I just mentioned, I'm waiting for that guy to sign somewhere else in the league. And all next, you know, they're they're a league down, or hell, you don't hear of him sign another contract anywhere. Um, that's yeah. That it always it, throws me for a loop. Yeah, bit of a bummer. I said the other thing about not necessarily the guys we brought back, but um, it, we saw a number of now former hounds kind of pretty quickly signed with other teams in the league, which is a bit of a bummer. That you know, either I, I feel like in that case, that's a situation where they didn't want to come back. It's not like we were negotiating with them. I feel like that would be more played out, but basically at the beginning of the USL transfer window, was Cicerone, Dixon, um, uh, blanking. But anyway, there are a couple guys that, that got picked up real quick. Yeah, Cicerone was, was talking about bummer. two weeks ago. Dixon came shortly, like a week last week, that he was going to uh, Seth's favorite West Coast team, Monterey Bay. Um, Kelly Rosales, but we could have had an option on him. He went down to uh, Knox, uh, Knoxville in League One. 
I think that's everything I can think of in terms of, of player movement. Definitely no one else that stayed in the championship, unless I'm really blanking on a name. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, so after they made the those changes, there has not been anything else on um, in terms of uh, signings from the Hounds. Uh, so you're starting to see a lot more movement around the league, but nothing from the Hounds. Now, I will say, because people are getting a little antsy that the Hounds haven't made any any signings, I think at this point you just have to just follow the the Bob process of he works on his own timeline. I was annoyed they didn't announce the uh, the option guys because they already knew they already knew that a week ago. So I was annoyed that that wasn't announced. But I I personally am not too up in arms about just not hearing signings at all. It, it's frustrating. I get that, but it's not to me not the thing you have to. Uh, you have to be too concerned about uh, if you're a, a fan of the Hounds and the Hounds are coached and directed by Bob Lilly because this is just how the, his timeline rolls. So, for what that's worth. I feel like with this year, with the holidays being both on the weekends, it basically kills the entire weeks beforehand. So, like, everybody's checked out at this point. Um, so... It, but then they announced the return guys on the eighth. So really, we just had one full week after that. I think that we, if we were going to hear anything, that's when we would have heard it. And then it's just we're probably not going to hear anything until after the new year. Or at least you won't hear anything uh, officially in a press release. But if you went to the Hounds holiday party, you might have a might have a clue as to who is uh, coming back for next year on a fresh contract. Um, but we will. I will not be the person to tip that uh, at all. But if you read read some stuff out there, you might figure out there might be a, a guy or two that we have a good good idea is coming back. Speaking of that, the Hounds did have their holiday party, and right before that, the Steel Army had their party. I was there, Seth. You were there. Um, Steel Army goes to the Frick. What'd you think? I thought it was a beautiful evening. Uh, the Frick Pittsburgh was an absolutely marvelous location. Uh, thank you very much to Ariana for getting us the hookup with that. Uh, we, it was a really nice evening. Uh, the classiest establishment that the Steel Army has probably ever been able to grace. Or will ever. Uh, or will ever. Uh, we did break something but it was brought by a Steel Army member, so it wasn't something of theirs. So I think we uh, we might still be in good standing. Uh, I, we even, might, yeah, no guarantees, but we, we I, I have no reason to think we we didn't screw up anything too bad. Yeah, I mean, there was a, a ton of just fantastic food, uh, and there was some uh, little FIFA PS5 action going on. And, uh, of course, like any Steel Army event, there was a Thunderstruck. And I got Thunderfucked along with club president Jeff Gardner. Yes, so, Jeff. He was all enthusiastic walking up to the circle. And then within 30 seconds, it, it, went, it went south for him. But yeah, right. I can't imagine there's uh, too many people across the USL uh, platform that can say that they've had the opportunity to chug beers with their club president. It 
a holiday party, but I will gladly place that on my mantle. And to his credit, when when it came time to ch- when his his turn to chug, he he didn't back down. He got damn near through two beers in his his time between thunders. So yeah, he and, wasn't half assed. I I was like kind of looking like okay, I'm a little seasoned at this. I don't want to. I don't want to make the new guy look bad, but you know, I I had to I had to kind of keep up a little bit. Jeff was he was getting after it. He was a good time. He was uh, I probably talked to him at one point for I don't know 15 20 minutes in the night. He's just very very social guy. Uh, really, you can tell he has a really strong sense of enthusiasm about the organization and the club. And I thought everything was uh, a great night. Yeah, I, I wanted to, meant to talk to him at uh, either at the Steelheart party or the, or the Hounds party, but every time I was I was going to mosey over there, he was deep in conversation with someone else. So I, there was never that that moment to kind of sneak in there. Uh, but that's on me. Uh, I was just living in the fear that once I started talking to him, I would it would become like a I would I wouldn't shut up. So I decided not to do that. But uh, Jeff did talk to. Uh, John Krasinski, and we'll talk about that here uh, at the bottom of our agenda on the podcast. Vesta, you are not at the party. You should have been at the party. There were icy lights there to drink. Uh, oh, damn it. But you're a, you're a good family. Speaking of that, at the at the Hounds party, uh, the drink tickets were, um, um, for in, in addition to, to mixers, they had the all like their, their pounder beers there. And uh, it was funny. So they had all the, the different uh, beers in like the ice uh, ice tubs, and everything was going except for those icy lights. They were not getting touched at all, and they could have been all yours. Oh man! Because they, I mean, you started off with two drink tickets, and then after that, there was just drink tickets being uh, passed out like they were candy. So there was not like a. They were there for the taking, and you could have had all the icy light pounders you could have ever dreamed of. I always I always enjoy attending events where there are drink tickets involved because it always just turns into a oh I gotta go here who wants my drink ticket so then it really winds up being for those that are there for a good time a free for all at that point so that's always I feel like that's just the how those events happen. Oh, it's happened. I was at, at my work party was last night. Same thing. You end up start with. Well, the beauty is I go by myself, so I get the envelope with four because they, they think you know you're of course you're going to go with you know bring somebody, but you don't do that. So you start with four, uh, and then yeah, within a couple hours, I mean, everyone's trying to hand you one or two more, and you I mean you could have a stack of them if you want. It's yeah, that's the that's the play, man. But yeah, Pounder Icy Lights were there. I gotta say, I thought the the hounds. Did a, a pretty pretty good job on on their holiday party. Uh, if anyone saw the invites, they were out there. They were kind of um, not kind of, but they were Grinch themed, and they carried that theme throughout the the actual party um, with some decorations and playing the movies on the on the TVs. Uh, said uh, Jeff Garner was there. Uh, Matt Grubba was there. He was also there. They were both at the uh, the Steel Army party. Uh, a couple of the ticketing folks and other employees were there making the rounds and saying hi. So it was 
really well done. The food, as normally you get up on the club level, was was uh, was pretty decent as well. Uh, absolutely, I mean, short of of Bob not being there, it was it was a pretty perfect night. Um, so hats off to them for pulling off the season ticket holder uh, holiday party pretty pretty well. Uh, the other bit of news that came out kind of at the same time was uh, season ticket ticket uh, prices came out for, for this next year. And if you are a member of the Steel Army and you get your season tickets, they're going to be 11 bucks a game uh, times 17 home games. Um, Vesti, that's for the Steel Army members, that's not a price change. That's where you're... I believe that's where they were last year. I mean, I've never really checked that closely. I just kind of pay the bill and move on. Uh, how do you see $11 per game fitting into what you expect the, the price should be? Uh, that's a great price because I'm pretty sure it hasn't changed in three or four years at this point. Well, unless so... you're, you're on the $100 plan, then th this seems outrageous now. True, but that... And that plan was on the chopping block for years. It's like they 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 talked about cu uh, cutting that every every year, and then they never did. Maybe maybe they had so much turnover in the ticketing office they just kept forgetting about it. But even with that said, I think eleven bucks a game is a steal for professional sports, and that's like like one hundred eighty, I think, uh, for seventeen games. Plus, you get in your open cup ticket and, and things like that. So, I'm all for 11 bucks. I gotta talk to my ticket rep though because I'm not getting charged a steel army rate, and I need to get that fixed. Yeah, you got. Yeah, I, I never said a word anywhere. Someone just called. I think it was like Nicole or something like that called me in the middle of the season last year and said they they overcharged me. And uh, would I, you know, do do I want a refund or just keep the money on deposit? So, I should still have money on deposit uh, to go towards 11 dollar tickets this year. I believe. Well, we will find out. Yeah. Um, I, even so, like the the non steel army discount, it's fifteen bucks a ticket, so you, you get a four buck discount per game. For I think it was fourteen steel army. Uh, Look at the website right now; it's fifteen. Oh, okay, so that's fourteen. They, they switched it. But even fifteen, um, I think it's still a, a, a steal for you know, again a, a good night on the town for professional sports in the city. But what I'm really getting at is you should join the Steel Army because it, it'll literally pay for itself in the reduced price of season tickets. Um, it's just, join the Steel Army, it's just economical. Right, Seth? <laughs> exactly. I don't think there's many things you can do anymore for $14 or 11 Like, it's just... The fact that that gets you in the gate for a second division soccer match is unbelievable and with the never waste program anymore this is kind of how i do it i don't i know i'm not going to make it to all 17 so then it turns into my wife comes grab a couple friends whatever what uh, what matches i can make it 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 becomes very economical at that point we uh we are just shilling for the hounds like no one's business right now <laughs> i never uh took great advantage of that never waste program even though i missed a ton of games Mainly because I think in the past, like you had to email your ticket rep, and you know, getting a hold of them was always not always the easiest. But 
yeah, speaking of shilling for the hounds, this year they're rolling out a new like ticketing management thing that's tied into Ticketmaster. Um, so it's like an actual website you can go into and pay for your tickets. And presumably when the season gets closer, like all of your tickets will be listed there. They're claiming that you can select what tickets you're not using for and like, re- resell it through this website. Or uh, I guess probably the Never, Never Waste programs be through there as well. So hopefully this year I get I get more bang for my buck for my season tickets than than I have. And so oh, sorry, go on. I'll be curious about the resale um, because I had bought tickets for uh, the President's Cup and for me and my friends and we wound up not being able to go and the one thing that i realized whenever i went to put them up is ticketmaster does not allow you to sell tickets for the price you bought them for they essentially have like an algorithm as to like what the quote unquote market value for those is at like the time you're selling it so i was just trying to offload my tickets like i really didn't give a shit about turning a profit on them but i actually had to like theoretically mark them up compared to what i had bought them for because of where they because of where like the secondary market had taken ticket prices at that point so i'll be curious to see if that is a factor to this um because obviously then you might have people being like well why am i spending 20 dollars on a ticket that people spent t- 11 for so that'll be an interesting aspect to it yeah, yeah. i think in general general you're probably not going to get much for a resale anyway since they don't sell out most games but um just like the uh the like implied ability to manage your tickets a lot easier than having to you know write a letter to the use your ticket rep and stuff i, I think is really appealing to me yeah i I do a bad job of doing the never wasted thing. I just try to offload my tickets to my, like if my brother's going to go to the game, I give him my ticket. He finds someone to use it, and then if he can't go to the game, I I use his ticket for something else. Uh, I should get better at that, but but I probably won't. Now, Vessi, when you you said uh, speaking of shilling, um, I thought you were going to take it to where I'm about to take it, and that is if we're going to chill for something let's uh, chill for some booze which the hell not do because they are doing a sponsorship with quantum spirits down in carnegie that's kind of a fun one um if you've never been down there it's it's worth a worth a stop uh good stuff uh i guess the only thing that kind of concerns me is part of this they're, they're, they've, they've sold the corner kicks uh kind of like the in-game sponsorship is going to happen now which I was fearful of because they started doing when Jeff came on board uh, last year. They started doing the kind of the hype up thing for every corner kick. I'm like, oh, they're they're setting the stage to sell the thing, and they have. Uh, Vesti, one thoughts on Calm Spirits and two thoughts on um, them doing a, a sponsorship with the Hounds. So I haven't had Quantum myself, but I've heard nothing but good things about them. So to partner with a a local distillery that has a good reputation is you know, a plus in my book uh yeah we don't need another fireball fan zone or if that was called for those couple seasons um you know always a fan of the local stuff so um 
yeah, happy about the sponsorship and I I, I mix feelings about the the corner kick stuff. Um I, I think some of their pump up stuff worked well, some of it was cheesy. I just I worry about the creep, but since that started we'll, we'll see what happens, I guess, for a whole season. That that started kinda late and I was you know, again giving the benefit of the doubt of, of experimenting a bit at the end of the season. So uh we'll see how it goes. I'm just looking looking forward to hearing about the, the Powerball power kick or something. Uh Seth, you're you're a, a a user of Quam Spirits. You you've you've been a customer, probably still our customer. Uh you liking this? I was like genuinely excited when I saw that announcement the other day. Um if anybody is a whiskey and gin fan, they have a barrel rested gin that is absolutely fantastic. I uh I like to put it in a little like Arnold Palmer in the summer for a little porch sip and drink, and it's uh, quite delicious. And their location's super cool. Uh, they have really, really great like craft cocktails uh, menu there. Um, so it's definitely a cool place to stop by. And I saw somebody put on Discord about they have food too. Uh, I've never eaten there, but uh, it's definitely it's it's a. I, I think in. Uh, the Discord, whenever they were hyping up an announcement, I think somebody mentioned uh, Wiggle, Weigel, however the pronunciation of it is. But as everybody knows, they are uh, they're now owned by uh, the guy who owns the Pittsburgh Pirates. So I, I didn't suspect there was going to be any partnership there. So uh, I'm I'm really glad it was Quantum. Uh, all their their bottles always look really cool. I don't know. I'm a uh, sucker for a cool-looking bottle to put on the shelf, so uh, I feel like it. They definitely check that box. Were you the guy in college that had all the uh, kept all the bottles and then like had the green light thing going on? Were you that guy? No, no. We did have a beer mist tree one year though, uh, which wound up being an awful idea because we didn't rinse out the beer cans. It was just like. <laughs> As you finish the can, you like stuck it on the tree onto a branch. Uh, so, so this is the the was, beer cup pyramid at the Wealthies game, except long term, longer term. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, we've we've filled up like a eight foot Christmas tree pretty quickly because my friends and I were degenerates and still are at certain times. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, I was never, I never had like the uh, collection of like bottles around the living room or anything like that so fair enough and the airport came with this is that there's going to be a, a a canned uh cocktail to which i've never had a good canned cocktail vest you're saying that you think the local stuff usually does it better so you're having some faith in this the, to be decent yeah i haven't had any canned cocktails either but the chatter i see online from various cocktail people is that like the big brands that are mass producing large quantities for for nationwide distribution you know they're cutting corners and using artificial and cheap stuff as much as they can and those those tend to suck but i i've heard good things about like local breweries or not breweries distribute distilleries 
because they the smaller scale they're they're fine using better ingredients um so yeah like anything quantum doves is good um i heard that uh maggie's farm rum cocktails are all pretty good but uh at some point i need to actually start trying those what this is going to turn into is run do an episode of houndsy from quantum spirits that's the that's a natural progression for this. So, um, if anyone from Quantum actually hears this, send us an email. Um, the the, the Stearman one, not the the Nick Noble one, and uh, we'll get this get this squared away. It'll be good. Because man, we are just chilling like the one's business here in the in late December. You see yeah. how much we're chilling without any free bottles of whiskey. Just think what happens if you send us something. Yeah. We're easily buyable, right? Our opinions can be easily bought for booze everyone everyone has a price and here at houndsy our price is really low so <laughs> what's this like it's like 30 some bottle 30, 30 some bucks for like a typical bottle so yeah if you that's whatever retail. you think our price is knock uh like 20 bucks off it <laughs> yeah or just buy us buy us some extra mics so we could do buy us the equipment so we can um we can successfully record not on the internet and uh you might guess for that too Although I do have to wonder what this turns into. Crap. Everybody goes from drinking like Tecate Light to drinking like gin and tonics throughout the match. Like we might have to, there might have to be some self policing on like quantities of the quantum being consumed. Yeah, the, the ABV on those craft cocktail cans are, is high and they are small. So you could really throw some back if you're not paying attention. 70th minute the entire steel army is just taking a nap <laughs> i mean it's every game could be the fourth of july if you play it out right yeah uh moving on to usl news they in the classic how usl likes to announce their offseason stuff they first announced the league details and the league structure and then they like they'll hype up just the home openers and then they'll give it the, the full schedule so we're on the the league format uh, announcements that came out a couple days ago. Uh, kind of the big bullet points is it is a 24-team league, which means uh, there's no new teams in. Uh, sorry, Queensboro. Uh, maybe RIP. We'll see about those guys. Uh, all the two teams that are not located in Virginia are gone. That means uh, uh, Sugar Free, uh, Hot Lana 2, and Los Dos uh, are gone. Uh, so two conferences of 12 split east to west. There's no change in, uh, like Tulsa was it kind of that, that team in the middle that could jump either way. They are staying in the east to get to your 34 game schedule. You're going to play everyone in your conference twice or yeah, twice home and away. And then for the first time ever, you're going to play everyone in the opposite conference once. So that's going to be six home games, six away games that gets you to 34 games. They're saying this is a balanced schedule. I'm not willing to go that far. If you're not playing everyone equally home and away, uh, that's not really balanced. Which I find weird because they wouldn't say that the 2019 schedule was balanced when everyone played a balanced schedule in their conference and there was no cross-conference. and they But they wouldn't call that balanced, but they're trying to say this is. That's, that's weird to me, but... Still. Yeah, as as a guy who has a particular uh, hang up about if there's an S at the end of offside, you uh, you being concerned about if it's actually balanced or not is uh, 
Shocking. You like to dabble on a wager or two on uh, on these games, right? Oh, yeah. Do you notice that there's a difference uh, when a team plays home and away? Oh, uh, that's, you know. That's not that's balanced. That it. <laughs> it's not balanced. Is, I'm more willing to cut them slack, I guess. There, theirs goes ding, 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 ding. <laughs> uh, so there's Dan, that. Dan uh, believes it's only fairly balanced if everybody at the end of the year's net three-way line spread is minus 110. Damn right. Um, I'm, th- I, I'm, I like the schedule. I, mean, I like the schedule. I like the schedule a lot. I think Semantics, they're, t- damn it. they're taking some liberties by calling it balanced. That's all I'm saying. Uh, and then the other part is eight teams per conference make the playoffs. So there's going to be no more buy, no buys, uh, just round of 16, round of eight, round four, round of two. Uh, and then they're fixed brackets, so no more uh, one seed plays the, the lowest remain seed and so on and so forth. Uh, that is all just going to be a fixed bracket. And that is basically the, the big takeaways from, from the league alignment announcement. Seth. Good, bad, and different. Where are you at? I, I think it's good. Uh, I I haven't thought too much about whether or not it qualifies as balanced or not in my book. Uh, but I I think as far as I know, a lot of people were like saying it's too many playoff teams with it. You know, two thirds of the league making the playoffs. But and those people are right. It it. They probably are, uh, but let's face it, they're not going to take away ticket revenue. They're not going to take away uh, chances to get games onto ESPN, Deportes, News, whatever uh, variant winds up with it. Well, that's, um, I mean, we'll, we'll come back to that in a second, but go on. Um, I, I do like the fact, though, that you're going to either home or away, see everybody in the West. Um, I I think the cross-conference play is a nice little wrinkle to it. Um, hopefully the Hounds schedule doesn't wind up like last year where it's backloaded with a lot of Western Conference teams. Um, but I, at the end of the day, I think they, they did as best as they could with the hand they were dealt. Uh, as far as no new teams coming in. Um, although it ha- does have me starting to think about next year because we get pa- whatever it is, Pawtucket or whatever they're calling themselves. Uh, but I don't think there's any new West teams coming in. So I'm guessing that means Tulsa. Well, no, I guess Tulsa wouldn't get kicked out to even it out. Well, no, because Oklahoma-, one- Oklahoma City could be coming back in. That's right. Oklahoma City could potentially be the other yeah i i guess like i don't know maybe this is just like covid screwing things up but i guess i would have thought by next year we potentially would be moving to like the tri-conference setup where there'd kind of be like a mid uh, central uh conference uh but I, d- I don't think they're going to quite have the numbers in middle america to put that out 
Um, I think we're definitely a East team based on the uh, tweet that the Hounds put out that we're the geographically fourth furthest East team. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I 24 teams, let everybody play everybody once and get the usual home and away days with your Eastern Conference foes. And um, it, it is kind of funny, though. I was looking at the table. In the East, you are dropping the 13th and 14th place teams. So they have been relegated. And then out in the West, uh, the Galaxy were in 11th place. So you're not losing anybody that was really uh, making any noise last year. Yeah, not losing anyone that made noise last year. Uh, to me, Sugar Free just had been a quiet year because they've been in the playoffs more often than not. Now, maybe that's just as things have, have progressed, they've they've changed what their priority is with priority is with the two team. But uh, it was it was weird to see them sucking that bad last year. And then the thing I wanted to swing back around to is the the USL does not currently have a contract a TV contract right now. It is it is it is uh, the ESPN deal expired at the end of last season. The kind of the, what I was expecting to happen is ESPN is going to get it back, but but who knows? In the fact that MLS is now going to Apple TV, in the US Soccer's deal is now with. Uh, HBO uh, was at Time Warner, whatever that is. Uh, there was not at the moment. There's not any U.S. soccer on uh, on ESPN uh, on their network of families, and it'll be interesting to see if if USL go, USL goes back to ESPN and then becomes the only domestic soccer property that they have. Could make for maybe some increased visibility. We will see. Vesti, uh, 24 teams, 34 games. Uh, you like it, don't you? Uh, real quick, I'm just going to say all I'm hearing about the ESPN deal is that they now have MLS money to spend on the USL for TV rights. And more cameras. <laughs> Something like that. But they'll still have announcers working out of Tampa because ESPN's all about that. Anyways, uh, so about the um, yeah the conferences, I'm a fan. I like the schedule. I think it's the best they can do. I, I much prefer um, home and away in your conference, and then one game or no, I guess it's yeah, just one game against the entire Western Conference. Uh, I definitely prefer that over like the regional rivalry BS that they were doing for a couple years there. You know, I, I as. Getting it as close to a balanced schedule, semantics aside or, or technicalities aside, uh, I think is the best way to do it. So, so yeah, off to about how maybe this might go next year. You know, because clearly we don't care about twenty twenty three yet or anymore. Um, as Seth mentioned, like Rhode Island comes in 2024. Theoretically, the corpse of Austin Bold showing back up in Fort Worth was supposed to schedule for 2024. 
by him or heard anything about that in a while. So who exactly knows? And I can't, I can't remember what the Iowa deal is. Is, is that 24 or 25? 25. So, yeah, so yeah. That, that's what I'm kind of getting at is if if Rhode Island and then if Fort Worth appears out of nowhere for 2024, that would keep the conferences even again. And then 2025 is Iowa and Milwaukee, which Milwaukee is getting a little far west, but, you know, they could. I don't think I'd have a problem with them being in the east, especially if Tulsa still in the east. So that also, I think, keep the conferences as they are. And each one just picks up one team every year for the next couple of years, it seems. And no one drops. I mean, at this point, I think everybody's pretty stable unless there's some stadium situations that come out of nowhere. We keep saying this. There, a team has left the league every year for how many years now? Granted, this one this year is a little bit different. Um, but, I mean, do you feel like Vegas is that stable? Fair. Vegas is probably yeah the 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 yeah they're they're the they're the kind of dead man walking team I guess of the league at the moment. But besides them, everybody else seems pretty good as far as I'm aware. So that is that's where USL league format stands for 2023. Expect the schedule in the first to middle part of the month of of January. Uh, and then if I remember correctly, the, the announcement that what that March 11th week or something like that is going to be the, uh, yeah. when the season starts. So basically from there, you'll have what seven weeks or so until the start of the season. So you basically are going to get your, your announcement of the schedule and that's going to give you a week or two into the start of preseason at the start of February. And then, and then we're, we're, deep into it once again. Did anybody do the math as to how many like weeks that winds up being between March 11th and the October date that they gave? I did not. Um, uh, I mean, cause that, feel, I mean, is that, the, is that the same end point as this past year or is that a week off? I'd be lying. These are the things where I, I should be looking this up instead of at, pondering the question out loud. But uh, our it, last home game was October fifteenth, so, and they are saying the season ends October fourteenth. Fourteenth, so, so, yeah. So it lines so lines up about the same. We only had a couple midseason uh, midweek games last year, so it should be back to basically a for the most part one game a week, except for three or four times. Yeah, last year I liked the way they did midweek. Like there was always for most of the season there was like a midweek game going on or like a couple, but the Hounds only had a few. I it wasn't like the same teams it didn't feel like. Well, it seemed like Loudon had a bunch of midweek. For whatever reason, they played a ton of of midweek. And then I was talking to someone at at the Hounds party and they brought up that the USL requires every team to make themselves available to host one Wednesday game. So basically everyone, everyone has to bite that, that, uh, that Wednesday shit sandwich at least once. So before we, uh, get off this topic, do you want to draft what West coast teams you want to come here or, or go to? 
Yes, let's let's do that. Um, I have a very pragmatic list. All right, let's lead us off then. Uh, I'm just gonna go through. I have uh, what one, two, three. I have four of the six that I want to see come here for just very pragmatic reasons. Uh, I would love to have El Paso, Vegas, and New Mexico come here, so we don't have to play in the baseball stadium. And then I would love Oakland to come here because I don't want my eyes to bleed while I watch a game. And their their stupid field, the the highlighter field. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than that, I don't really care. So there's nothing you like. There's no away day that you definitely want to go on. I mean, I'm, I know I'm not going to West Coast away day. Uh, if <laughs> sorry, if Dad. I, yeah, if I could go somewhere. Um, I think the Switchbacks place looks cool. I think Colorado would be a good place to go to. And then either Phoenix or Sacramento, I guess, for the the atmosphere. The problem is we don't no one knows what that new Phoenix place is gonna look like as they're they're moving once again. True. That, that's the one reason that's the one thing that's kept me off of their like that's why I'm not sure if I want them home or away yet. Uh Seth, what what makes your your ideal either away day or, or team you definitely want to come to Pittsburgh? Well, I definitely want Monterey Bay to come to Pittsburgh. Uh, so that way I can cheer against the river hounds. Um, <laughs> you want to see, you want to see uh, Dixon and they got three former hounds now. Monterey. I know Dixon, Valeski and um, Roberts. Hugh, yeah. So Hugh Roberts, good old yeah. Hugh. Um, I'd like to see San Diego. They always seem to, or, or, I mean, I, I guess like if, uh, money, time, family wasn't a thing, I'd like to go to San Diego. I think that'd be a cool way day. Um, I'd, I'd like to see Sacramento come here because just because I feel like that quality opponent, quality match, um, that's about it. I really don't have any strong opinions as far as I know, I know pre-show we are kind of talking like I, I highly doubt we go back to Vegas which I'm always itching for a reason to hop on a plane to Las Vegas but I, I doubt they I, I'd be curious to see if there's any overlap of western away games from this year to next year I'd have to imagine the league will try to Unless somebody like requested. To yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's impossible to completely not have teams go con- cross conference to the same places year after year, or, or vice versa. My list for the away days, and this is just purely on on uh, either venue or the town itself, uh, Colorado Springs, because I, I do want us to check out that that stadium was like Wyman Field or whatever they call it. Uh, Monterey Bay, just that town seems kind of cool. Um, do you want to do that? San Diego, uh, just because do a nice little California, it's the other California trip I want to do. Uh, San Antonio, I've always wanted to go down there. I've never been able to do it. I would do San Diego. And then much like Vesti, I want all the baseball team, field teams to come to Pittsburgh so the Hounds don't play on those, uh, shit fields. Tell you what, we've been to Sacramento twice now. It'd be nice if they actually came out here for once. 
I mean, they 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 played here before, like way back in the day. They played here. Uh, did did they actually come out here? I thought we only went there. They've had to have played here, right? I mean, that's reaching way back, and I don't want to try to dig up that those old schedules. But I'm pretty sure we've only gone there. Let's see. Now you got me checking real fast. See if I can find it. Well, while you're checking, uh, I'm just gonna throw the gauntlet down. The only reason why Landon Donovan resigned as the head coach of the Loyal is because he didn't want to come to Pittsburgh. He didn't want to face Bob, man. He knew he'd get his ass kicked. He, he met his match. He would, uh, you know, really hamper his MLS coaching ambitions if he lost to Bob. No, no, oh no! The uh, so the Riverhounds have played at Sacramento, July twenty seventh, twenty fourteen. Oh, that's ancient history. No wonder I forgot about it. Although there's someone, there's a name you're going to recognize that scored in the game. Rodrigo Lopez <laughs> scored twice as Sacramento kicked the shit out of the Hounds 5 0. Mm-hmm. Robert Rodrigo Lopez scored in the 69th nice minute. It's nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Beautiful. Well, um, perhaps as a segue into our next topic, um, I listened to that wonderful interview that John K did with. Uh, you're just you're just taking my job, man. Just taking my job. That's cool. Go on. Yeah. So listening to that interview, I don't don't know if this was just him talking or it was a, a slip or whatever. But when they were talking about the schedule, he said, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, to the effect of. It's great to see, like Phoenix, Sacramento, or San Diego come to and play the Hounds, which perked my ears of. Since the 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 draft schedules is out, did he see that those three are ones coming to Pittsburgh? And just the way he worded it made me, made me think maybe you know that's the he said that I I didn't even I did not even recognize that as him trying to maybe give something away. I don't think he intentionally did it, but just the way he worded it made it sound like. Like to, to drop those, I don't know. It's just a weird conversation because those are the big teams out there. So, yeah, you know, talk about playing them, but just the way he worded it made it sound like they were coming here. And we know we've, he's seen a, a rough schedule at this point too. I will say at the holiday party, he he mentioned the, the that they have a draft of the schedule, and. Uh, as he kind of said in the interview with Krasinski, most of the hangup is with uh, the teams in baseball stadiums and the teams that don't own their own venue. Shock. And uh, that, you know, he doesn't expect there to be much change in the, the Hounds' home schedule unless there's, like, knock-on effects from other changes. Uh, but then things could change um, kind of with with their away schedule. So he, he might have a, a decent idea of, of who's most likely coming to, coming to Highmark this year. And then maybe just let it slip. What were those teams again? Phoenix, Sacramento, and San Diego are the three he specifically called out. Huh. Keep that in mind. We'll have to circle back to that when the uh, schedule comes out in a few weeks. I would really like to be right. <laughs> right? So, yeah, uh, Jeff Gard did an interview with John Krasinski. That was up, I think it came out either th- kind of like Thursday night, Friday morning. Uh, I thought there was a ton of stuff to to pull out of out of that interview. I, I took a decent amount of notes, uh, but before I I bore everyone with, with my kind of, yeah, I don't know, probably 
griping for things I don't need to gripe about. Vesti may be more positive with it. Uh, what'd you like? What 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 has you concerned? Where are your thoughts? Oh, no concerns. Um, it, it was an interesting interview. Um, pretty lengthy too. It was like forty minutes, which um, I think uh, usually, like if you're on a podcast or whatever, you usually don't get that long. So yeah, it's just an interesting listen. Um, I feel like a lot of the stuff he talked about was just kind of PR speak, like oh yeah, we'd, we'd like to do this or thinking about this or or whatever. So I don't actually don't know if I got as much out of it as you did. I mean, I'm curious what your list is, but um, yeah, no, maybe I'll, I'll just talk about the things as as they come up here. I don't want to like rattle everything off. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh. Seth, I'm sure you had a chance to give a listen to it. What uh, what were your takeaways? So I only got a chance to listen to half of it uh, this evening. Um, but the two big takeaways I had, it was really interesting to me that he said about how they don't consider like the Pirates as a direct competition. He said the Steelers. And, or the Steelers. Um which obviously I don't think we've ever thought of that. Um, but he, he always kind of said like a night to the movies um, is like what they are kind of more or less trying to sway people from. Uh, so I thought that was an interesting, I never, I guess I never really thought about that like catchment area of like who they're trying to bring into Highmark stadium. Uh, so that was definitely a cool kind of, behind the curtains uh look as far as like where his thought as club president is um and the other the i don't know piece that he mentioned about was the women's team um obviously i would love to see us have either the uslw or super league team here um i think it with the uh ahn montour facility it gets a little bit easier to work around uh practice schedules and having multiple teams using highmark stadium as their home field um so i'd i'd really i really hope this isn't just like lip service to keep interest peaked on it because i do think we have a very uh deep talent pool for women's soccer in western pennsylvania uh, especially if you follow the riverhounds developmental academy accounts uh the women's teams uh they they tend to do pretty well and uh there's the one girl i can't remember where she i think she might be at moon uh she's had some caps with the u.s like u16 team uh, and I think she committed to like UNC, so obviously pretty top level uh, collegiate program. Uh, so I mean, there's definitely talent here uh, that would it'd be nice to see a homegrown women's team kind of develop out of it. Yeah, the yeah, women's that, that... go go on. I say that that was the one one of the things that stuck out to me because he seemed more definitive on it than they've talked about in the past because before it's always like oh yeah yeah we'd like it if it's right blah 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 but um yeah he he seemed like more 
more sh- kind of sure about it. It's, he he mentioned a general timeline of like maybe the next three years or so. Um, I I'm surprised that the part of the timeline I feel like is him like stop asking about it. We'll we'll talk about it in like three years or whatever. And part of me is is I found it interesting that with the USL launching the Super League this year, and with them was trying to bump up the W League from the past season, that I'm sure they would want an established organization like the Hounds involved. And I'm sure they're barking at our doors probably to to get a team, but for yeah, for him to say one. like, for <laughs> for him to say like, no, no, it's probably gonna be like three years at minimum or something like that. I found that really interesting that they're 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 they want to do it right. They don't want to jump in early just to pad the numbers of of the league, and so I think that gives uh, a lot of confidence that once when they do, and I think it is gonna be when, not if, uh, they're gonna be it's gonna be done right. You know, the, the part of me thinks that I wonder if the league's not trying to push, like, the championship teams to try to have the equivalent on the women's side, um, either W League or Super League. Um, so I, I wonder if maybe that's what's accelerated the conversations. Because even, even to think about it in a three-year span, I feel like is pretty quick compared to where we've been with it in the past. So I wonder if that's maybe like a league-wide initiative to try to get those quote-unquote charter members of the USL to really <clears throat> help out bolster the uh, the teams in the on the women's side. Yeah. The, I mean, let's be very honest here. Every time the women's team concept has come up until now either jeff when he he did his first interview with mongols back in august or september whenever that was or vic before that or maybe even like kevin before that still they were basically very polite ways of saying no it's not happening but that's now changed so something it went from a like a zero percent chance to something much more significant than zero percent so I, th- I agree with you, Vessi. I think it is, it's a win, not if at this point. And then I keep going back and forth. We're talking W League, which would be the uh, basically the women's equivalent of League Two, uh, college summer league, for, the, for lack of a better phrase. Um, or are we looking at the Super League, which would be the equivalent of the championship, second division professional soccer. And to me, I keep going back and forth on this because if it's the W League, if it's the the amateur side, that's probably better on the academy side because that becomes kind of your capstone team for for your girls' academy. This kind you know, you finish it off by playing uh, in the W League for the for the River Hounds. But then when you talk about a a three year timeline, that seems like a farther and longer build out working towards. A professional side and then I go back and forth well you have this new uh, indoor facility you can you can practice much more um, freely year-round with with this indoor stuff you can you can house multiple teams and then there's something else that Jeff brought up in the interview and I was discussing getting more use out of Highmark Stadium and the the Super League is going to run 
uh, like a more traditional uh, FIFA slash European calendar of, of fall to winter. And if you're looking to fill Highmark for more dates, uh, you know, it, Highmark's not getting used that much in, in the colder months. Do you do you make the run and, and actually try to field a professional women's team that runs fall to winter and you have uh, Montour Junction as the training facility and you're getting more dates out of out of Highmark itself? And that, to me, makes more sense with this, this kind of theoretical three-year build-out. Because, I, I mean, I can't imagine it, it would need that much runway to do the, the amateur side as you might need with the pro side. So that's where my mind's at. I'm not saying one's clearly right or one's clearly wrong, but that's where this conversation pulled my mind in terms of, yes, it's much more likely it's going to happen now than it's ever been discussed before. And then in terms of which way they go, things he said kind of leads me to think they're looking at the Super League, but then in terms of the Academy, the W League makes more sense. So maybe I'm talking on both sides of this, and I'm just trying to be right no matter what. Um, but that's what I took from it. Yeah, it, it remains to be seen about what the Super League ultimately is. Like, obviously, it's going to be professional in D2, but there might be opportunities, or more opportunities than we might think for Academy players to get involved with that. I I 100% agree with what you're talking about, about, uh, you know, that's appealing because of because of the runway and then also appealing if you're trying to get more use out of the stadium to do that since they are going to be playing in the fall winter and early spring which doesn't really conflict with the hounds too much and i wonder he also talked about a little bit that they're looking at you know stadium expansion and stadium improvements and stuff over the next like three to five years i remember way back in i think it was the mongols interview in august he like casually dropped that they were looking at uh, putting a roof over the stadium, which is my current, you know, soapbox of more roofs. And if you're going to look at doing a Super League team in three to like three years or four or whatever, and they they're going to continue with that more winter schedule, well then, and he's also talked that you know, they looked at putting a roof on a stadium. That also all kind of. You know, it feels like it's all congealing into something uh, in, in a couple of years. Yeah, I had not thought of combining that thought with the sta- stadium expansion talk, um, but I, I like where your I like where your head's at because that makes a ton of sense. Uh, in terms of spam, stadium expansion, he was kind of hinting at the kind of connecting the grandstand to to the Paul Child stand, which is a the concept I think we've been batting around basically since they went to 5,000 seats and, and the thought was at some point they might have to go to more. So that seems to be the, the logical place to, to add seating without uh, going on to the, the riverside. Um, uh, they talked a bit about the, at the end of the interview, talked about the 4th of July game and basically throughout that. This is becoming more of a, a league thing that they they want to stick to kind of the traditional uh, Saturday Wednesdays for the most parts. Um, I I want to believe it. Part of me doesn't. 
the Hounds did not have a Fourth of July game last year, but there was other there were Fourth of July games in the league. So I don't really want to hear that it's not it's not possible or the league doesn't want to do it because it it was done last year and if the schedule comes out and the Hounds are not on the 4th of July, which it sounds like they won't be, but there's other teams that are going to play on the 4th, I'm going to be a bit a bit annoyed. I'll put it that way. Um, I think I've thrown out my, my, my th- th- hypothesis is why they're not playing on the 4th, but uh, I'll save that for for some other time. Um, so I'm, it's it's the parking lot. It's right? the parking lot. Like, That's my thought. It's a hundred percent. It's a hundred percent. Like they can charge forty dollars for people to come park, not use the stadium, and watch the fireworks. Whereas they have to worry about the logistics nightmare of like people buying general admission tickets and paying what is parking now? Is it twenty? right or 15 15 uh you know and not spending net 40 uh so i definitely i, I think there's a lot of weight to that at this point so it i was, mean it was I, a I love great the, run while it lasted love to be proven wrong but you know again if the hounds aren't playing on the fourth and i see our team's doing it that's i you have to you have to do something to prove prove it uh prove me wrong because that's that's where my mind's gonna be um, and I would I would respect it more if they just came out and said this is why we're, you know we're doing it for this reason I I I I get it I make that money just let's be honest about it that's all uh, little thing he threw out there uh, kind of along the lines of what you're talking about Vessi where he might have been either intentionally or subconsciously dropping dropping some hints talking to HN he he mentioned grass fields plural. Uh, the last uh, iteration of the the outside fields for eight uh, for Montour Junction was was all turf except for one grass field, and now he's he's put an S on the end of that. So maybe they're doing away with some of the turf and going more grass, or just going with more fields in general. I thought that was a little interesting. Um, if you if you look at the ribbon cutting, um, they had some concept art, and there's a whole row of like six or seven fields kind of across the creek on the other side that I don't think they started at all. No, they have so not started. Ta- yeah, so I wonder if he was talking about those being grass. But the, I, when the talk with Vic, he was he specifically pointed out that they were all going to be turf except for one. Oh, okay. Like if you looked at that overhead spot, like the, the field that would have been like in the furthest upper right-hand corner was going to be grass. So maybe that's changed, or maybe he just added an S uh, inadvertently. But I that caught my ear. Um, yeah, the thing that caught about the Montour was uh, he was talking about how much you know acreage that place is, and he also kind of just offhandedly mentioned housing as well. Yes. Yeah, the room the room to expand I was unaware of until until now. Yeah, it's like at the moment they. They rent apartments somewhere for players, so you know if they build their own little hounds village, that'd be interesting. There's like a there's like a, a shitty reality program for that right there. <laughs> Even houndsy. Yeah. Uh, I guess my biggest 
concern, and you guys can feel free to talk me off the ledge on this one. Uh, we all sold glimpse, glimpses of this when he came in last year after a game or two. Um, he's going to be much bigger into the soccer game as as a night out and not a soccer game for the, the sake of a soccer game. Um, I mean, the, the line he threw out there was, you know, people that go the, go the games and they might leave and not know what the score was. And that, I don't know. Is that concerning if, if, if that's the, the audience you're trying to, the demographic you're trying to pull in? Like, is that a sustainable fan base? Or are you just, you're hoping to get a bunch of one-offs week after week after week? That, I don't know. That, I, I, if you have the da data to, to back that up that says this is a viable way of doing it, fine, go for it. But I don't know. Anecdotally, how many times do we, in our section, we have families show up really excited. They want to, you know, they they like being the tourists for the week, and then and then you never see them again. And I, I, I'm queasy about kind of leaning into that demographic. Well, I I think where you're kind of spinning on that from Dan is like I think all along and i think this is like a soccer in america mindset is everybody wants this like organic grassroots growth of people go to a game they get hooked on the game and they come back every week right and i think that <clears throat> I, 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 i'm not even gonna try to guesstimate what percentage of people wind up falling into that category but i i do think as far as like a summer night out on the south side on the south shore it does probably from a dollars and cents perspective make more of a make it more of an easier business decision to do like the flash ticket sales and those type of things to try to drive in people that are looking for something to do at seven o'clock on a Saturday evening. And rather than trying to sink them in as a lifelong fan. So I, I think that probably if, if their key competition is keeping people from going to the waterfront and seeing a movie and it's to get them to come to Highmark stadium for a night and, you know, shell out a couple dollars for some beers and some food. That's probably the, that's probably where they see the revenue stream. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I'm too concerned about it from like a ticketing selling perspective. We, and we even see it in the steel army that, people would show up for a game kind of not really knowing what's going on and they, they fall in love with what we do and they, they come back. I feel like we have a, a pretty big like kind of quote-unquote walk-up crowd these days. They're not necessarily coming out to tailgate, but they, they come to the games anyways because they like the, the atmosphere and the experience and things. Uh, where my concern is is kind of what we talked about earlier with like the corner kick stuff and like kind of 
the weird promo stuff happening mid game and you know taking away from what soccer is and like trying to like i don't know become like hockey where they have tons of crap going on every every stoppage of play or or basketball or, or things like that the, the minor league baseball a more hesitant the what the minor league baseball effect yeah yeah that's that's because that the las is, vegas lights effect <laughs> because that then is you're you're taking away from the game on the field and you're pushing it towards like you know i don't know wacky hijinks in the stands or, or whatever where that, that that's where i don't want to see happen um you know i i think i think at this this day and age soccer can be sold as soccer you don't have to make it this weird promo minor league baseball thing where you're you're not necessarily where once you're in there you don't care about what's happening on the field yeah, they could they could do whatever they need to sell tickets, but once we're in the Highmark Stadium, we are we're gonna watch a soccer game. We're not gonna watch the I don't know the Riverhounds equivalent of a pierogi race at the 35th minute because it'll stop an injury stoppage or something. Yeah, the the phrase you threw out there at one point was promotions every night or promotions every game, and that's the part that kind of got me to to shudder a little bit. I mean, if that's referring to like like ticketing promotions. Yeah, yeah, fine, okay, whatever. Um, as long as you know, all of a sudden, season tickets look like a like a a bad mistake because you could you could promo your way into getting in every game less than season tickets. That'd be a a bad look. Um, but I mean, if he's talking, remember the one year was that made like twenty fifteen? Like they tried to have like a a theme night every single game. And it just it was so one, it was poorly executed, and two, it was. Again, you're, it was just trying to draw away from the actual on-the-field stuff. Like, that, I'd be super annoyed if we, if we go down that path. I mean, oof. Yeah, I mean, once you're in the, the stadium, like, the, the attention has to be on the field, right? It can't be on all this other shit. I just wish, like, the Hounds did a better job with the, like promotional like tchotchke aspect of it is like how many towels have you gotten over the years for walking into a game like i mean part of the reason why i used to go to so many pirates games was like free shirt friday things like that like those are kind of like cooler ideas that i feel like do drive people back like oh, i got this uh Riverhounds pint glass, or obviously not pint glass, but you know. Please give away pint glasses before the game. Please. Yeah, please don't give away pint glasses before the game. (laughs) If you Uh, thought mini soccer balls could be a problem. As soon as those words left my mouth, I was like immediately just seeing the carnage and broken glass for a ill-advised pen given out in front of us and a ref gets a pint glass to the side of the head or something like I went to a uh, Louisville back game a couple years ago where it was uh, Stein night. And so you had a like 16 ounce like porcelain Stein when you walked in. And it also was dollar beer night before the game started. So you would just go around, get your $2 beers from the stand and just pour it in your Stein and go to the next day and get two more. And uh, <laughs> it was it was an interesting night. 
So it sounds like you were almost at like the new age coming of uh, the uh, Cleveland Disco Night or the was it Detroit. Oh was yeah, it? yeah. I forget what team it was. Yeah, it, it definitely could have been. <laughs> Which I uh, was speaking of, he, he did mention Dollar Beer Night coming back. Yeah. Yeah, that, he uh, that he was keep, that very me. successful when they brought that back last year. I mean, yeah, keep, keep that promo. Screw everything else. The section, the section looked like a fucking frat house with all the empty, empty uh, beer cans everywhere. So he he mentioned that to me at the uh, at the Steel Army holiday party, and he kind of swung it to me as a in. We understand that it's expensive to come to a lot of games. This is our way of trying to like ease the burden on the fan that's at there week after week. Uh, he didn't seem to make that like a marquee item as to why they want people showing up to a game. So, well, uh, much like the, where they did this year, that sounds that's your midweek thing because that's you know the families in the. The casuals aren't showing up for the the Tuesday nighter, but the sickos, the sickos get dollar beers. Yeah, let me walk over after work, grab a couple dollar beers as my happy hour, and get into the stands. Yeah, he, he mentioned that it, um, we might have a, a summer heavy schedule, so if it's like three weeks in a row of home games, one of those is going to end up being dollar beer night. Just to, as kind of a reward for coming for three weeks in a row. I am I am shocked how well that that works. I mean, it was like two years after it ended the first time. People kept asking about it. It was. We're simple folk. I don't know. And I will. I was always, happy to drink my beers in the parking lot. I don't know about anyone else. I will always be proud of the fact that I was a major port part of the reason why all of the stands had the sign up that said dollar beers end at 7 p.m. Yes. They because... never imagined kickoff being delayed. <laughs> and they never imagined a jag off like me would be taking it to Twitter. Oh, uh, the Steel Army uh, DMs got multiple messages from people complaining about that. Everyone, everyone saw the loophole immediately and wanted to jump through it. I ran through it. <laughs> Word your promotions wisely. Yep. Yeah, that pretty much. Um... Oh, the other thing that he said, and this this isn't necessarily hound specific, just caught me off guard. He was kind of pessimistic on the future of Orange County without having their own stadium. Um, that. I mean, they went. They they went to that rigmarole once with LA trying to poach him. Yeah. I'm sure they expect it to happen again. So put them next to Vegas on the maybe not all teams are stable. I, I At just, least one more year. I forget, I forget what how long their the current thing was for. Is there any a three year deal they got maybe? That seems about right. Yeah. We'll just say that. But yeah, outside of that, I thought uh, again. I for as negative as I got there for a bit, I I walked away from it a lot more um, excited, hopeful, wistful than than I was um, pessimistic. But I mean, I'm always gonna find something to be jaded about. Yes. Hey, I know this is going yeah. long, but uh, one more thing: thoughts on mid-season friendlies. 
Uh, no, thank you. So he he specifically mentioned La Liga, which I thought was like a surprising because I feel like that never comes up as a possibility. So I feel like somebody's talking to somebody amongst those leagues. I mean, it makes a good point about the the, the turf uh, being a, a deterrent for a lot of the bigger clubs. Um, yeah, I, I, to, I, I, yeah. I don't. If I say if this falls in the same category as is this off bantered uh, USL All Star game, uh, if if one of my better players gets hurt in an exhibition mid season, I mean I'm I'm gonna be fucking furious. Yeah, I mean, it, it, if if turf's such as a hard sell, like he was implying, like I don't see any La Liga team coming here, and he also mentioned about reaching out to or talking with previous partners, which. To me, is like Everton and, and Schalke um, with their partnerships. But again, Wigan, like big Wigan club. comes back. Wh- Wigan, yeah, Wigan. Well, I guess the, the, the point I'm getting at is like if if turf's a hard sell, I don't see any big club coming here. Correct. Now, now Schalke it looks like it's going to get relegated again, so maybe a, a second division Bundesliga it would would be fine with turf. Yeah, St. Pauli played at Detroit, so yeah. Although they were they were three right. at the time. I'm going to throw out one more thing that I just came to mind. He mentioned about the, how they've been uh, in talks with Philadelphia regarding 2026. Uh, I believe the words were activation and programming. So I wonder if there would be some possibility of maybe like open training at Highmark or something like that for a team making their way from the West to philly for a match for a training or something like no that. i see i this is where i think the grass fields at ahn come into play for much the same reason i don't think you're gonna get anyone to train on on turf yeah his specific example was like you know if people from the midwest are gonna decide to go to games in philly they got to come through pittsburgh so like what can we do to get them to stay here for a night or something um and like, I, I could see that you know, 2026 schedule being really wonky to work around yeah. the World Cup in terms of I what they, Im- the Hounds play or things like that. I can't imagine U.S. Soccer Federation is letting anybody play competitive matches in that World Cup window. Like, I, I just don't see I mean, that. Do you, like, I mean... Maybe during the two weeks of the um, the group stage, I can't see all these leagues just going. I can't see going uh, basically doing what what all the top leagues in Europe just did and, and go silent for a month. I mean, maybe they do, but I, I'd be surprised. Yeah, I mean, if he, if he wants to capture traveling people, like you know. World Cup game on, in Philly on Saturday. Hey, we're gonna have a Riverhounds game on Wednesday. Stop in here for a day, catch the hounds on your way on your way there. But I mean, I he, he brought up the part about being a like a, a hub um, for maybe one of the the teams to work out of Pittsburgh. I, I could see them. Yeah, if they have multiple grass fields at AHN, that becomes a spot for them. For a, a month or whatever, I I can't see anyone any of those teams training on turf to go play on grass uh, for the biggest tournament uh, 
every four years. I mean, I'll be proven wrong here or something like that, but I'd, I'd be shocked. I feel like we're a tad too far for mid-tournament training from, like, Philly or Toronto. But if teams come over here a couple weeks early for acclimation and training and stuff like that, then I could definitely see them trying to, to get somebody to, to base here before it starts. Yeah, I think it's well, especially if you have... Let's say three grass fields out back, and you have you can they can makeshift all their whatever thing they need inside the inside the facility. I, yeah, I can see it. That'd be kind of cool. But uh, again, I thought the interview um, was pretty pretty good. I was saying before we hit with the record button that it's kind of eliminated the need for us to get the Jeff interview now because that. That pretty much covered a lot of the things we would ask about. Um, so that's one less thing on my to-do list. Love it. Uh, the other thing I want to bring up before we, we shut this bad boy down is Mongols this past week did their holiday spectacular jamboree. Uh, and they had Mark Ibera and Jamali Waite. And Robbie Mertz on, and I thought it was pretty well done. Um, we've heard from from Robbie before. He's he's getting married. Didn't know that was happening. So congrats, Robbie, on uh, on getting hitched. Uh, but we've kind of for the first time really got the to a bit of the personality of. Uh, did I say Yobera? I may have screwed that up. I'm sorry. Luke Biasi and Jamali Waite, and I. I found them both to be highly personable and engaging folk. So, uh, solid, solid interview there, uh, Sparks. Uh, if you have not listened to it, go do that, for sure. Gentlemen, we're, uh, we've creeped over the 90-minute mark. Uh, we've come to the part of the show where I ask you what we learned tonight, and I turn to Seth first. Seth, what did we learn tonight? We are in the quantum extra time. Um, I learned tonight that we will, as I just referenced, we will shill for anything. So I feel a little dirty after doing all that. You know what? It is what it is, right? So are you saying we just we need to put out like uh, start listing rates for? We do ads for how many? I don't know what's out there. Who, who does all the podcasts? The Manscaper. We could do those. Ad, do those reads? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, any uh, sports books that are looking for ad reads? Uh-huh. We can turn into the fan, and every thirty seconds have a two-minute ad for FanDuel. Um, yeah, yeah. That's it. We're open. We're opening. For, we're open for marketing opportunities. Yeah. Or do we have to start? Do we have to we have to put together the Patreon now. Start doing exclusive Patreon only content. Like and if subscribe and hit that bell. There it is. If you catch us, catch Houndsy on Substack. We're on Twitter, Mastodon, Cohost, Hive. What you know? Start listing everything out. Going global, going everywhere. Vesti, what'd you learn tonight? 
I learned I need to show up to these holiday parties because ours sounded fun and the hounds had some very lonely icy lights that needed to be taken care of. Yep. They could have been they could have been your buddies. It was uh, as I kept grabbing another Heineken, the they dwindled and the pile of Heineken's looking very small and and small but well loved next to the the stack of icy lights that have clearly not been touched by anybody. Drink local. I don't know. People are drinking yearlings. That's look. I mean, if that's it's not local enough for my book. Then let me tell you about the Hounds beer that's made in St. Mary's, BA. <laughs> Someday, that new uh, new facility in in Crichton that I see light opened up. There will be a production line. There will be a, a you'll see Ammo's mug on a can going down that. <sighs> Well, I don't know what, what what type of beer would Amo put his name on. What what style of beer? Uh, I'm gonna go with an amber beer, amber Amo. Amo ale, something like that. Yeah, I like it. Though. Nothing will ever, nothing will ever beat Golden Hound because it could be completely great one week, and then it was like it was the remnants of what they. Uh, did it make it into bottles? I want that damn Session time. Copper to come back. Mm-hmm. Session Copper was good. Yeah. That was my baby. And then Full Pine had to go away and then come get sold and come back, but not come back with the hounds. It was too nice. It, we flew too close to the sun by having a successful branded beer. Couldn't mm-hmm. last forever. And it was a decent watch party spot. So we spent all we spent a lot of time like building up that building up their relationship, make this work, and then womp womp. Just throw 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 that log on the fire of things we spent a lot of time investing into, and then not really getting full dividends out of. It's the uh, the army way. That's so houndsy. Yeah, but not really houndsy because it wasn't their fault. True. On that depressing note, I think we'll uh, we'll take this bad boy home. Any uh, any just final thoughts? Assuming we're not going to record again in 2022, the first calendar year of Houndsy. Um, think we did enough to keep it going for 2023, Seth. I I hope so. Uh, it's been enjoyable to do this year. It's uh, it, it's nice to be able to uh, be able to sit with like-minded folks when it comes to talking about the river hounds because uh i know my family probably gets sick and tired of hearing me ramble about random hounds things around the house Vesti, i'm sure your family feels the exact same way mm-hmm. uh, so it's been a nice avenue to be able to sit down with some friends on a wednesday or thursday and discuss the goings-ons of the river hounds so I'd like to thank everyone that we've uh, recorded with this year for cool first season. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I'm I'm psyched we we made the entire calendar year. We're I think this is going to be episode 38. Uh, Vesti, you and I spoke a little bit over some beers at Cobble House about um, I don't know 
making some improvements going into into the the next year here. So we'll uh, have to get on that. But considering you're involved in in Hound's podcast 1.0, you got to be little <laughs> little jacked. We made the double digits on this one. Yeah, we we made it longer than that the first uh, iteration. So very happy with it. I think we had a good first year. Room for improvements, so we'll we'll see what we can do for next year. And you know, even if nobody's listening and we're just screaming into the void, it's it's still a fun thing to do every week or so. It's just group so, talk, yeah. group talk therapy, right? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, good, good, good first year. Look forward to next year, and happy holidays to everybody. Do we keep uh, Nick Doble's email on the uh, on the outro, or do we find a new villain to to give away contact information information for? I think we leave that as a cliffhanger. Okay, I hadn't even thought about that to worry about now. So, um, good chance he stays just because I don't have to find someone else's email address to throw in there, and it's Nick Doble, and fuck that guy. We'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network for providing the online hosting of Houndsy. Check out the wealth of soccer content being produced weekly at bgn.fm. The Houndsy theme music was composed and performed by Rocketman and the Space Babies. Check them out at facebook.com slash spacebabiespgh. The show is produced by Joe Majorak. Email the show at pghstillarmy at gmail.com and put podcasts in the subject line. All complaints about the show can be sent to the aforementioned nick.noble at mail.wvu.edu. On behalf of Seth and Vesti, I'm Dan Yost. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back again soon.